But uh, if you got your Bibles, Genesis 3, 6. Let me, let me do something. I felt impressed with prayer. I, 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 don't, uh, I, I don't do our Facebook or any of that stuff. Uh, so I don't look at it a whole lot, and I don't have social media. But uh, um, I did see our brother from Pakistan uh, that uh, sometimes listens online. Uh, I noticed he was on there recently. I don't know if that was today or previously. Uh, just saying hi to the church, but I, I did read last week where Pakistan has been under heavy, heavy persecution, and uh, from uh, uh, just burning churches to uh, attacking the Christians there, and uh, and so uh, let, let's pray, brother. It's N A K I S H Nakesh, or I, I believe is the the saying. But if you would, let's let's pray for Pakistan. I know there's a lot of other places where that same thing is going on, but but I feel uh, specifically impressed to pray for them. Father, we just pray for God, uh, a brother that just happened to uh, come online, God, and, uh, and Lord, uh, has been, uh, we've been blessed, uh, God, by knowing he's there listening and that their church is, and we're, uh, we're blessed by them, and I pray they've been blessed by us, and we just pray for your hand of protection on Pakistan right now. We pray protection specifically for them as they advance the gospel in a very tough place to advance the gospel in God and I just pray God that uh, that you would just uh, empower them with the power of the Holy Spirit God to continue to press on God that you would just uh, build up their their most holy faith God uh, I pray that you would just let them know that there are people out there God that are praying for them that uh, that Lord are supporting them that care about them God and that there are brothers and sisters in the West God where fortunately at this point we're still free God in our worship and Lord we don't want to take that for granted we want to we want to we want to remember those that uh, like Hebrew says remember those that are in chains as though you were there uh, in chains with them. And so, God, we just pray, God, for the people of Pakistan. We pray that the gospel will go forth powerfully and that Jesus Christ will be received, God, uh, by the people of Pakistan, God. And Lord, by your people, by people all over the world, let the gospel go forth mightily, Lord, powerfully, God. We pray there's, uh, God, things going on in almost every nation in the world now, God, from fires to floods to volcanoes to uh, wars to, to so many things. God, and we just pray for, uh, for your people all over the world. God, we know that you're in control, and we just pray that your church would be strengthened, that your church would be alive and awake, and God, that, uh, that you would come soon for us. But until then, let us lead as many people as we can into the family of God. Lord, we love you. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts today through your word. You'd change our lives through it, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. I want to talk to you this morning about naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. If you got your Bibles, Genesis 3 and verse 6, starting in chapter 3, verse 6. And I want to read all the way down to the, to the uh, verse 24. Here's what it says. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to man, 
Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, uh, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat the dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbirth very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. You, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you have listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow will you eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken from the dust you are and from the dust you will return Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them and the Lord God said the man has now become like one of us knowing good and evil he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed him on the east side of the Garden of, the, of Eden, cherubim uh, on the east side of the Garden of Eden, cherubim and flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Now, there's something in Bible school and in Bible study that's called the law of first mentions. And that's if you want to know the meaning of, uh, of something in the Bible, it's often uh, encouraged that you go back to the first place where it is mentioned in order to make sure you have a thorough understanding of that. But I believe that it can also be used to get overarching, to understand uh, overarching themes and concepts of the scripture as well. So you can go back. And that's what I want us to look at today. I want us to go back and I want to look at where the relationship with God was broken. Where the relationship with God, what, where, where did it first happen and what happened? And look at the overarching theme that is mentioned in the scriptures. And so we did that just now. We went back to Genesis chapter 3. And, uh, and why is the relationship with man disjointed? Why is it broken? And, 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 and it's here that we begin to see what happened in that garden. We begin to see that mankind broke or destroyed destroyed uh, God's paradise, basically. I mean, absolutely destroyed the paradise that God had created. And two things entered into the human heart in that moment when man fell. Number one, sin. We see that sin entered into the human heart and man, of mankind. And number two, we see that brokenness entered into the heart of mankind. Sin entered into your life. 
brokenness entered into your life. And in order to get back freedom, we have to deal with both of those things. And often, sometimes we only deal with one of them, Jan. Sometimes we deal with the sin problem a lot of times in church, and we never get to the heart of the broken problem. We never get to the root of our brokenness and, our, and, our, and, and what needs to be, what's disjointed and what needs to be covered there. And today, I want us to look at this and I want to see how both of these need to be dealt with in order for us to have the freedom that God wants us to have in Him. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And we need to be healed. We need to be, our our sins need to be dealt with and and we need to turn away from our sins. I was going to preach a message on repentance that may be coming down the road, but the best form of repentance that I'm learning as I get older is by turning, I used to think it was turning away from sin. I spent most of my life trying to turn away to sin. The best form of repentance is turning to Jesus and then you can turn away from sin. Man, come on. She didn't get it and y'all didn't get it. It, The best form of repentance is turning to Jesus and when you turn to Jesus you can turn away from sin, right? Because he's so much more glorious. When all your goal is to turn away from sin and there's nothing more beautiful than sin there, then it becomes difficult to turn away to sin. But when you have something better like Jesus, then you all of a sudden say, hey, it's easy to let go. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, we've been doing it. I've been doing it backwards. I've been preaching it backwards. Turn from sin. Turn from sin. Turn from sin. There's not a lot of motivation to turn from sin until you turn your eyes upon Jesus. And then all of a sudden, you look full in his, in his glorious and beautiful face. And the things of this world begin to become pale in comparison to him. And so we need, to be, we need to turn away from sin, but we also need to be healed. And we need to be covered of our brokenness. Now, what happens here when the fall takes place and mankind falls into this sin and becomes broken and disjointed, something begins to change in this garden. And God begins to come and ask through. Three questions. He begins to uh, come to the place, and it's not that God, Gabe, doesn't know the answer to these questions. It's not like God needs help. All of a sudden, he's confused that what's happened. God knows the answer to the questions, but God is trying to get mankind to understand something deeper that's going on in his heart. Because when he comes to this place, man doesn't really fully understand what has just happened. He doesn't understand how far he has actually fallen. And so these are the some of the questions that began to be asked that God begins to ask the series of questions to Adam. Where are you? Who told you that you are naked? Did you eat of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? What have you done, Adam? And and what they had done, as I said, they single-handedly destroyed paradise. That's what they had done. That, that's exactly what they had done. And, 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 and so if you were a parent, I mean, my guys were pretty good guys growing up. But there were times, and especially, I think I'll put myself in there. I probably broke more stuff than they broke when I come through there like a bull in a china shop and something good would be broken in our house. But, but uh, uh, that we would roughhouse or we would play and Marcy would say, take it outside, go to the trampoline, go outside and get some of that, uh, you know, out of y'all system. And, 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 and so then she got rid of our trampoline and I don't have anywhere to get the stuff out of my system so I just break things but uh, no 
So, uh, but, 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 but they destroyed paradise. And if they did that, what would you do? If, if Caleb and Cole broke something when they were young, you know, I would like to say I just came in and started asking them questions. Guys, what happened? But usually I was wound up too tight and I would come in and say, what in the world are y'all doing? What were y'all doing in this place? But God doesn't do that. He doesn't come in there and just start going off on Adam and Eve. All of a sudden he comes into this place and he doesn't lose it. He asks questions and what he is doing, he is counseling them. That's what, that's what counselors do. They ask questions, right? The wonderful counselor, the mighty God. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And he comes in and he's counseling them. And he wants to show them what's going on in their hearts here. What's happening and, and, and why they need his redemptive work now. Why it is that they need something that they don't really know they need. A pastor that I love, he wrote in his journal. And I'm going to share a couple of things that I heard him this week share in his journal. And he said this, being naked according to the Bible means to be seen by somebody. It means that you're being being observed by another person, it means all parts of you are visible and open and uncovered. Amen? It, 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 it literally means that. It, 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 he, he wrote, you know, I think I got ahead of him. I missed one earlier. He said, you know you're healed. Let me, let me go back and read one before about healing when I was talking about healing. That was actually the one I needed to read there, but this is one that I skipped. You know you're healed or on your way into healing in your life when you can tell back to God from your heart what he already knows. You might want to take a picture of that one. Because this is vital to what happened in the fall. You know you're healed or you're on your way to healing in your life when you can tell back to God from your heart what He already knows. God's road to healing for man or woman always begins with these same three questions. Where are you? Who told you that you were naked? And what have you done? God asked this because Adam begins to make excuses for what he has done. Eve begins to make, Everybody blames everybody and begins to make excuses for what they've done. So God is going to get to the heart of what they've done and show them what they've done and why they need a redemptive work in the process of what they've done. And so Adam is avoiding uh, all of this and, and yet he is... He He's naked, the Bible says, and, and it's a different kind of naked because what, 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 when God comes down and says, what, what are you, where, where have you been, Adam? And he said, I've been hiding in the trees. I ran. And he says, I'm naked. Well, you were naked every day. You were naked from the time you were created. What's the problem? What, why, what's the difference now, Adam? And that's what he's trying to show Adam. There's something different in you now, Adam. There's something going on. There's an awareness. There's a consciousness. There's a new, new consciousness that has gone on now because of the fall that has taken place in you. And something is different. And now when I come to you, you are aware of the fact that you are, 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 are not covered, that you are naked, you are exposed, and I need to get 
get to the heart of this matter, I want you, I want you to recognize there's more going on here than meets the eye. So he's saying, what changed? What's different than the issue of before? And the Bible says their eyes were open. Now, they weren't physically blind before. Their eyes, their conscience is awakened now. And there's a new awareness that came to them through the fall. And he's asking the question, really, of why can't you stand naked before me anymore? And there's going to be an altar time today, and there ought to be a bunch of people in it. Because this is the question that he is asking. Because I think there's a lot of people in here that the sin problem is dealt with, but the broken problem is not dealt with. And God is saying, why can't you stand before me naked anymore? What's going on in you, Adam? Naked is being known. It's being known. It, 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 it's, uh, the definition is here. Being naked, according to the Bible, means to be seen by somebody. It means that you're being observed by another person. It means all parts of you are visible and open and uncovered. We don't like that, do we? Come on, can I get somebody? We don't like that, do we? Well, God likes it. And he likes for us to be that way with each other, to be vulnerable. Listen, being naked, I'm just going to slow down. It means according to the Bible, it means to be seen by somebody. It means that you're being observed by another person. It means all parts of you are visible and open and uncovered. That's what happened to Adam. He is now aware I am being watched. I'm being looked upon by God. I am uncovered and, and, and another person is watching me. Before the fall, man didn't have a problem with that. We, he didn't have this consciousness that somebody is watching us. But it, and it didn't bother or affect him. But ever since Adam and Eve ate from the tree, real nakedness and vulnerability is an extremely traumatic experience for all human beings. Being observed by someone else, being watched, causes all types of... Of traumas inside of us and it messes up us psychologically, emotionally and mentally as, 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 as soon as they knew they disobeyed they felt naked they felt exposed and they had a fear now of rejection they had a fear of being unacceptable that God would not accept them and all of a sudden it brought with it a trauma it brought fear it brought anxiety it brought worry of being judged it, it brought worry of not being enough and so all of a sudden now something rose in please hear me well something because this is what we do something rose up in that moment of trauma that caused them to need to have control of the information that, that was given about themselves. All of a sudden now, they need to control the narrative about their life. They need to tell the story. They need to come up with what you see, about the pieces that you're allowed to see of me. I get to control that. Come on. It's awful quiet in here. I don't know if you're thinking. I don't know if you're... <laughs> but but, but, but it, it, this is freeing today. It's control of what people saw and control of how people viewed them. They wanted to control that. According to Genesis chapter 3, we were created to be known and loved. We, we read in how one day we're going to be known even as 
We're known. We have a desire to want to be known and want to be loved. That somebody really knows us in the core of our being and yet they still care about us. They won't reject us. They will accept us for who we are, like we are, failures, warts and all. He'll still love me. She'll still love me. They'll never reject me. They'll never cast me out. But we don't believe that because we've had trauma in so many of these areas that we begin to hide. We begin to hide amongst the trees. We begin to feel naked, feel vulnerable. And so now we only let the parts out of us that we want to be seen. According to Genesis chapter 3, we were created to be known and loved. And you'll never be satisfied until you are fully known the good, the bad, the ugly. But because being known is so traumatic for us, the best we can hope for in our relationships is to just be loved. We are convinced that we can only be loved if we are not known. And that is a lie. We are convinced that we can only be loved if they don't really know the true us. And we do that not only with each other, we do it with God. I'll give you a for instance. Let's say you bring your child in here to do counseling. And all of a sudden, it comes out that that, that, that child is struggling. And it comes out in the counseling that the reason that child has been struggling is because you are tired. And because you're tired, you're short-tempered, and the anger gets the best of you, and you yell at the child, and, and all of a sudden, this is causing trouble. And all of a sudden, that, that truth has been let there out in the open. That part you're wanting to hide, that part you're not wanting anybody to see, has now been put out there and it's exposed. Or maybe the problem is you're so preoccupied with work that you have no time for the marriage, you have no time for your child, and all of a sudden, that truth begins to come out out of that and what happens when those things begin to come to the light in the counseling meeting you feel ashamed you feel unaccepted and oftentimes you know what you'll do I'm not going back to counseling and I'm not going back to church there Because I didn't mean to let that slip out and for everybody to see that vulnerable part of my life. And it causes us to run and to hide in the trees somewhere. And someone is able now to see all of you. All of you. Naked. Naked and afraid. They're able to see all of you and not just the pieces you want them to see. Not just the pieces that are out there. And you're exposed and so you hide to disconnect from the group. And that's why a lot of us here don't enter into church life and church activity. It's easy to come on Sunday morning and then to sneak out the door. But we don't come to fellowship because we're afraid we'll be seen for who we are and exposed. And it's much easier to just hang and not come to the Sunday school classes and not come to the fellowships and not be around and, 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 and hug necks and talk and get involved with people and because you're unable to control the information that you need to get out there to be seen by everybody else and by God and you're unable to control the no- people's knowledge about your weaknesses, about your faults, and about your failures. 
And so you run and you hide. And here's what happens in church. You come to church and you want to enter in. But when the music starts and the praise starts, you don't feel holy. And so you don't enter into worship. Because I don't feel holy enough to raise my hands before God and to sing the songs that are being sung here. Or, I, you know, I, I would read my Bible and I read it really well, but I, had, I messed up last week and I had a failure and I really don't feel worthy to read my Bible now or to go into the prayer closet because I don't feel like I'll be accepted by Him. And because you feel rejected, there is this inner voice that is reminding you that you don't have the victory. And so you better wait a couple of weeks and get your act together and get your life right. And then maybe you'll be able to enter back in to worship again. Maybe you'll be able to teach a class again. Maybe you'll be able to preach a sermon again. Maybe you will be able to read your Bible again when you get everything like you like it. And so we spend seasons hiding from the Word. I, I do this. I, I, get, I, I get so disgusted at my failures and overwhelmed that I'm not perfect and overwhelmed that I didn't do things just right or I blew it or I messed up or I gave in to temptation and now I just, I just get depressed. Can't even concentrate. Can't even, well, I'll start reading my Bible again tomorrow. And it just affects me, my prayer life. And you look at your Christian life and there are so many inconsistency. And, you, you're, you, and here's the thing. You love God with a passion. You love God with all your heart. You absolutely love God. But there's this battle in you or this area of disgust in your life that's going on where you just keep hearing this inner voice that comes up and you feel unacceptable and it destroys your faith, it destroys your zeal, and it destroys your love for God. So the question then becomes, how do I overcome this trauma of being known by God? How do I overcome this trauma of being known by God, of being loved and known. How do we do this? This place where I'm fully convinced that He loves me, and yet He knows me, and He still loves me. How do I get to this place? Well, Genesis 3 actually gives you the answer, and it is in one small voice. And I want you to notice that it does not start with Adam. It does not start with Eve. It starts with the Lord God. Genesis 3, 21. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. Oh, somebody ought to clap and give God a hand of praise. They just destroyed his whole creation. And the very first thing that he comes to them, he comes with them, not in anger, not to say, what in the world did you do? Get outside and jump on the trampoline. He comes to them and says, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to clothe your nakedness. I'm going to clothe your shame. I'm going to clothe your guilt. I'm going to, that's the first thing on the heart and mind of God. Let me clothe Brad Lindsay's failure. And listen, here's the thing. God is the only one who can heal us, 
cover us over our nakedness. God is the only one that can break the feeling of being rejected and unqualified. You can't do it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. It has to be a supernatural work of God and God alone. Adam tried to create his own covering and it did not work. And the lie that keeps coming to us over and over and over, if I try harder, if I read more, if I pray more, if I'll just be nicer, if I just do these things, I can cover my own nakedness, I can heal my own feelings of being unacceptable. It never, never, never works. And it never will work. You come back in His presence and what happens? You feel naked all over again. You feel exposed all over again. The inner voices start talking to you all over again. You, you have this personal hatred for yourself again. And you have this fear coming again. And you have this trauma that always comes back. And it's only God that can cover us and heal us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. It has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and do this work. Come Holy Spirit and fill me. Come Holy Spirit and clothe me and cover me and empower me. That's what he said about the Holy Spirit. Once I get the benefits of the cross, I, you'll get all the inheritance and I'll send you my spirit and he will lead you and guide you into all truths. He will give you power. And yes, that's for miracles. And yes, that's for witnessing. But more than that, it's power to clothe you. It's power to break rejection. It's power to clothe you so well, so well that it gets down deep in your heart and you believe it. I'm clothed with Christ. I am, I am clean. I am accepted. I am, I, am, I, am, I am His. And we need to cry out to the Holy Spirit. That's what the altar call is going to be about today. Holy Spirit, come and do your work in us. Holy Spirit, come and to these broken places. Come into these disjointed places. I've had my sin dealt with but oh God I need to have this broken place once and for all dealt with so the shame and the unacceptance will leave the anxiety and the trauma and everything that has caused me to feel when I come back into your presence or when I come into the presence of God in the house of God Lord God help me and here's the problem you think because I know this personally you think when you cry out to the Holy Spirit and you and you go into the presence of God that he is going to expose you rather than cover you and that's the lie you got to overcome today that when you call upon him he is anxiously waiting to cover you and never expose you. He wants to cover you. And that's the lie that you've got to fight. You keep crying until he covers and it reaches into your heart. Let me take you to Ezekiel. I'm about to close. And look what he says here. On the day, this is what I'm talking. This is God's heart. This is, this is God. You want to know what God is like? You want to know who he is and what he's like? This is what he was like. And this is Israel he's talking about. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut. Nor were you washed with water to make you clean. Nor were you rubbed with salt 
are wrapped in clothes. Look at what he says. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into an open field. For on the day you were born, you were despised. Some of you feel like that today. The trauma, the wound, the things that were said, the things that were done, the, 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 the sex too early, the, the, the molestation, the, 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 the name calling, the, 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 the stealing that you did, and all that trauma that's come into your life, and, and now you the hatred, the murder, and now you feel like you can't go back into the presence of God, because if you come out of hiding, you will be exposed, you'll be exposed for what you are, and that's the lie, and rather you were thrown out into an open field, for on that day you were born, you were despised, but look what he says, then I passed by you, and I saw you kicking about in your blood, and as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live, live, and that's what he's saying, live, live, dry bones hear the word of the Lord, live, and then he said here, I bathed you with water, and I washed the blood from you, and I put ointment on you, and oh wait, it gets better, I clothed you with an embroidered dress, and I put sandals of fine leather on you, I dressed you in fine linen, and I covered you with the most costly garment. Oh, it gets better. And Israel and the church's fame was spread because of their great God and what he does with our trophies of grace. And your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty because splendor I had given you and made your beauty perfect declares the sovereign Lord. I made your beauty perfect. Why won't you come back into the presence of God? Why won't you lift your hands in worship? When the saints of God lift their hands in worship, why won't you shout? Why won't you clap? You have no reason to have your head down in disgust or your head down like you're despised when your God has taken you out of that mess and he has taken you and brought beauty out of ashes and made you glorious and made your beauty perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Trophies of grace. Listen to what Isaiah 61 10 says. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress. And as a bride adorns herself with jewels. If you are saved this morning, if you know Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He has clothed you. You didn't clothe yourself. He did it all. He saw you laying in your disgusting condition just like the guy that was assaulted there and the good Samaritan came by. And he has made you clean. He has washed you. He has turned you into something beautiful and something glorious. He's decked you with a beautiful robe. It's called the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He's put jewels on you so that you will make the bridegroom all of creation. He'll have his bride, beautiful bride, right there by his side. And he will love her and he will cherish her. And he is, we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. And so here's the altar call. I'm looking for those who are willing to fight the lie that if you come to Christ in this condition that you'll be exposed 
Fight the lie that you'll be exposed and really understand because that's what the trauma wants to keep you back from God. It wants to keep you from the presence of God. It wants to keep you hiding. I'm convinced that's why some of you, that's why some of us are held back from a ministry. That's why some of us are held back today from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why some of us are held back. We're held back in shame. We're held back. We're always standing in the back like we are not equal with everybody else. Folks, I got news for you. There's nobody greater here in the spiritual world there except Jesus. There's nobody greater in the family of God. We're all on level ground at the cross. We are all here. I don't care if you just got in or you've been in for a hundred years. We are all the same. And all of it's been done by Christ and Christ alone. Amen? And here's the fear. If I expose myself fully let me, let me, let me close with this story pastor said he was in prayer he said God started dealing with him about selling something that was very precious to him he said I want you to sell this and I want you to give the money away and so he kept going into the prayer closet and there was this trauma and this wrestling with God and this went on for a while because he was like yeah yeah God yeah yeah God And finally, he got to the place where he said he got so tired of wrestling with God. And he finally just just began to just say, I am so tired after a couple of weeks that he began to say, this is what he blurted out. He said, I'm tired and I do not want to sell it. There it is. Full vulnerability. That's what some of you are hiding from God. That's what some of the trauma you're keeping back. And he was like, he just finally said, I don't want to sell it and I don't want to obey. But here's what he said. He said, God, if I expose myself fully, will you give me the power to do what you're asking? And will you change my desires of my heart? And he said, in that moment, I felt the pleasure of God come over my life and my prayer time. And God said, that's all I ever wanted from you and he said I'm going to cover you and I'm going to change your heart and I'm going to deliver you of that covetousness that is going on inside of your heart and folks those promises are there for us today and all God is asking for in this place is an honest heart he's just looking for somebody to be honest and transparent and naked before God and he wants to come not to expose you but to cover you Hallelujah. Father, we are so thankful for your word, God. We are so thankful for the word of God. And Lord, God, there's people in here, God, and there is a trauma. Maybe it's an anger against you, God. And they don't want to admit it. They're too embarrassed. They feel naked about the fact that they really have an anger against you because you, you, you did something. You, you allowed their, their, their loved one to, be, to, to, to die. I don't know. Whatever it is. You allowed their children to have a bad report. Whatever. But, but God, then there's an anger against you. And God, maybe that's the trauma and somebody needs to deal with that today and just to be full, vulnerable like the pastor and say, God, you know what? The deal is I'm angry at you. I'm angry at you. Or God, maybe it's an unwillingness to forgive somebody. God, they hurt me so bad. And I don't want to forgive them.
And God, you're just looking for honesty. Maybe it's a temptation that you have fallen into one many, too, too many times, God. Maybe it's a temptation that we, we keep promising that we'll be better, we'll do better, we'll, we'll, we'll come out of this thing. I won't do that again. I won't lose my temper again. I won't go looking at places I shouldn't be looking at. I won't, I won't, I won't do these things again. And maybe, God, there's a temptation that we've fallen into one too many times, and it's there. And God, maybe it's that we're comparing ourselves to another Christian's walk and you just want honesty in our inward parts. Maybe it's the fact that we feel naked because we don't see enough fruit in our lives, fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And so God, we hold back. We don't, we don't come into your presence. We don't enter into worship. We don't advance in our relationship with you or in the church because of those things, God. But I want today us to recognize that God, we stand on the finished work of Christ. And God, you promised an inheritance. And God, you promise that you would go to those places where there is trauma and you would bring revelation and you would bring healing to those places and so God our cry in this altar is going to be Holy Spirit we need you Holy Spirit make the promises like you will come and change me from the inside out you'll change my desires you'll give me a new heart a new mind and a new spirit make that a reality in my life change my desires God come and cover my consciousness in the blood of Jesus Christ and deliver in this house. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us, God. Fill us afresh today. That's what it's going to take, folks. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural covering. And so I want you to cry out to God and say, Lord, come and cover this shame. Come and cover this nakedness. Come and cover these places in my life, this tra trauma. And Lord, cover me. You promised to cover me, Holy Spirit. You promised to give me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation today, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Hallelujah.